Hey everybody, welcome back to the podcast. Today's a special one. It is the recording of the masterclass that I did uh, in early February, uh, all about discovering the power of self-knowledge, which is the first pillar of Finding Your Worth, a six-week course um, and model of self-worth therapy that I've created. And I really hope that you get a lot out of it. It obviously is in webinar style. So if you do have any questions, um, please email me and let me know what your thoughts are. If you want to follow along, there's also a video with some slides that will be on YouTube, uh, which I'll show you in the show notes. So enjoy. Let me know how you go. And I'll speak to you soon. To reason with someone is to motivate them to do or accept topics, ideas, and issues through discussion and having conversations. This podcast is about the relationship with ourself and the relationship with others, finding our stability in our self-worth and how do we actually be in healthy relationships. We find this out through connection, compassion, and communication. Reach out, connect with me, like, subscribe, comment. I want to unpack whatever it is that we can to really get to the nitty and gritty of finding out how do we get better in ourselves and how do we get better in our relationship. All right. Welcome, guys. Welcome. Thank you so much for being here. This is the masterclass um, to discover the power of self-knowledge and start to reclaim your self-worth. So let's start by taking a nice big inhale through the nose and exhale just to land wherever you are however you're feeling just coming into right now into the space that we can create right here get connected start to learn and really figure out what's going on right now and what's happening for you so this is the recorded version of the masterclass Um, as my live recording didn't uh, go as planned. So that's okay. I'm really happy to kind of re-record this and it wasn't super interactive. So you you really don't miss out on much. So this is is just an opportunity for you to really uh, learn and connect and then obviously take time, pause it, reflect, um, and then let me know if you have any questions and um, want some further information or assistance with some of the stuff that might be coming up for you so that being said um maybe you might want to grab like a pen um and some paper um or grab your phone so that you can put some notes down um there will be a couple of different questions to reflect on and think about what we will start with is a a good old-fashioned feelings check so I think that um, there are eight core feelings uh, that we kind of have. Joy, love, fear, shame, pain, anger, loneliness, and guilt. Now, there's obviously multiple and and lots of different emotions, but I think everything comes back to these core emotions. So just take a moment to kind of sit and pause and reflect and maybe check in with the body to see if anything is there or thoughts that are there that might be able to help you identify what you're feeling right now. That might be loneliness, that might be fear, might be love, there might be some ongoing shame, might be a mixture of a few feelings. I know I was definitely feeling fear um, in the masterclass, much more chill now. Um, So you might get a more slower paced, more chill, more authentic version of me. in my element so yeah nice little check-in see where you're at um, we can kind of use that as we go along today so who the hell am i my name is jackson godding and i consider myself a bit of a hype guy um, a personal kind of connection specialist and a real fellow self-worth thriver i am perfectly imperfect Um, What you see is what you're really going to get with me, Um, really because everybody else is taken, right? So that, to me, is just a tiny little bit of me, right? I'm a clinical counsellor and psychotherapist, and I'm the founder of Fine Reason Therapy. 
Now, find reason therapy, you might follow me on Instagram, you might be on my email connection crew list. And however you found me today, however you've connected and joined and really taken that step to choosing you, um, that's what it's all about, is really wanting to bring people together and start to work on their self-worth, start to work on how they see themselves and then how they can then show up in relationships. So Fine Reason Therapy is really about bringing that space together and really healing through connection and healing through connecting to yourself as well. So I've created a model of self-worth that I use every day in my clinic um, because I think that no matter what you present with or what your issues are or your concerns might be, I believe it all comes back to how we see ourselves and how we feel about ourselves and then how we show up in the world. So what I'm going to kind of talk about probably probably towards the end of this is sharing the self-worth model, the self-worth course that I've created that really helps move from self-knowledge and starts going further and going deeper into the work um, of, of what it can be like to find our true authentic self and start to reclaim what it is to be worthy as we just are, as we can just be in the world and take that external, wrap it much more back into the internal. So there's obviously going to be um, time for you to kind of reflect on that. And obviously, because um, this isn't um, live and you can't interact, maybe just write down some questions. And, and if you do have any questions, hit me up. So let's just jump in, right, starting with self-worth. What is it? What is self-worth? I think self-worth is at the very core of our self, right? Um, essentially, how we value ourself is what self-worth kind of looks like. Um, and a lot of that time, we look at it as an external thing. So we base our worth externally on our um, relationships, on our careers or whatever it may be that's sort of outside of us. And I think that that can kind of be crafted because of what um, society or our upbringing or our experiences have kind of led us to think. Um, so self-worth really is how how we see ourselves right down to the very, very core of ourselves. Those messages might be, am I good enough? Am I lovable? Am I? Do I belong? Do I matter? Those, those real key things. And when we have impacted self-worth, it can really shape the way that we show up. Um, as you can, as you can kind of see, that's what I'm kind of getting at is what that can kind of look like. So to go into it a little bit further, what I kind of go with is whether it's depression, anxiety, relationship issues, complex trauma, everything finds its way back to that self-worth how we see ourselves and how we value ourselves and owning that we are good enough and matter just for being born, right? So I decided to create a therapeutic model of self-worth because I spent a really long time searching for my worth outside of myself. And I slowly started to realize that helping everyone else and not myself would only lead me down a darker and lonelier path. I could not be healthy or functional in relationships as the relationship with myself was filled with lots of pain and shame. I didn't really know what I needed, what, what my boundaries were, how to actually love and support myself. So I have experienced PTSD, anxiety, depression, ADHD, and 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 and, and other shit, right? And and I guess I've found that singling them all out in therapy on singling out how do I work with each thing siloed kind of left me still really floundering and, and not knowing where to go. So I guess across my research, self-study, um, I've tried and tested a lot of really, really great theories and techniques and resources, you know, different strategies to find true value within and the ability to start loving me for me. So I've had a real privilege of working alongside um, a lot of amazing, amazing therapists and in some really amazing places. And how I've kind of come up with, with the work that I do is developing eight core pillars that fundamentally make up our worth. And I kind of collected and comprised of lots of different evidence-based research that brings it all together holistically for what has worked for me what's worked for my clients and hopefully many more of you um, to join, to connect further, to find you, find more of yourself. So today I want to talk about the first pillar, 
first pillar being the discovery of self-knowledge and what the power of that can be and how that can be the starting point to reclaiming, reconnecting to your worth. So let's crack in, everyone. Who the hell are you and what do you do? This is the question that I ask every single one of the Reason With Me podcast guests. If you've listened to the podcast, you'll get that. At the start, I started to ask that question to get like a deeper insight into the individual. And that kind of allows them to describe and present themselves in what they want others to understand, hear, and see. So... There we go, get the slides all right. So essentially, uh, this pillar of self-worth invites you to create a base and starting point for who you are. You've found yourself right here, right now, about to embark on a journey of self-worth, to ebb and flow through the process, to reach a fulfilling destination that can bring more connection, clarity, and love to your life. You've lived up until now, and whatever you've brought with you into this moment, whether you believe it or not, whether you're aware of it or not, holds incredible value in the next little bit of time that we're together and the next process and the next steps in towards initiating change for you. So I think that knowing you is where it all begins. All of us have been through pain, some of us more than others, right? All the defeats, the losses, the painful experiences, the rejections, the wounds may have left you feeling like you have lost touch with who you are or perhaps even not knowing who you were to begin with. So you might find yourself here reflecting on the past time when you did have a good idea of who you were and and, and where you wanted to go, proud and happy in yourself, only to find that now it's not the same. It's different. Something's different. Maybe there's more doubt and shame that's kind of eroded us and, and caused to lose touch within ourselves. The point I'm making is that you are not alone. So many of us are bound by these external forces of what it means to be doing well, right? Instead of like kind of looking within, right, and and actually basing it purely on ourselves, we're crafted to think this way. And that's exhausting, right? All of that hard work and focus we put in externally does not land us back in authenticity within ourselves. So this pillar, right, this pillar of self-worth and self-knowledge as the starting point is, is, is all about trying to gain an authentic information about what you possess within yourself. So I guess the objectives are designed to confirm, expand, and further what you already possess that makes up you and your reality. So what we're going to jump through today is the comfort zone and that protection bubble and why we don't seek further self-knowledge. The power of knowing you, understanding you right now in this moment, what's serving you and not serving you, and then setting some intentions around that. Where do we want to kind of go? What needs to happen? So let's start with the comfort zone and the protection bubble. So there's a bunch of factors that make up why people do not seek further self-knowledge or even pause and reflect on what is what it is that's going on right now. Several of the reasons for this are that there has not really been a significant need or concern that calls for self-knowledge to be of really high importance. So first is the comfort zone. The comfort zone allows us to continue to do what we are doing getting by and focusing on the more external nuances in our life, such as money, career, study, relationships. The priority is not for self-knowledge. It is for the accumulation of further advancement in the other domains of our life, right? Or maintaining the zone that has been created and ensuring life can just continue on. That might be, if I try and add self-work to the mix, everything will fall apart. Secondly, whether the time is now or there was once a time in your life, the idea of exploration of the self might have been an unknown, risky, and treacherous black hole. Searching and seeking, right, may unveil hidden parts, secrets, or realizations that could kind of hinder the current view on life, that once we find and connect to the more truths 
about ourselves. It might reshape or shake up the status quo of not just our life, but of our current situation, our relationships, thought processes, emotions, and behaviors. This approach works as a protection bubble because it's, it's, it's protecting us from the unknown and the uncertainties and therefore allows us to stay away from danger and try our best to just get by with what we've got. So that might sound like I'm scared what I may find and that I'll actually be worse off, right? So we stay, we stay in that protection bubble. Makes sense. Thirdly is, is life may be really busy and chaotic enough that Staying afloat means focusing on what allows us to keep going rather than pausing, slowing down, and looking within. Time is an incredibly sparse currency that people tend to struggle to be rich in, as well as find it difficult to justify utilizing that time to actually address the self as it, as it is and, and would rather look to the future or analyze the past with the precious commodity of time. So all of these things are valid, right? They're valid factors among many more to shed light on why more of us are not stepping into the world of self-knowledge. So what I think is that knowing what you bring to the table and what has been acquired up until now can provide a wealth of knowledge, resources, skills, and understanding that achieves the goals you set, reaches the potential you have, and unlocks your true self. Stepping into the unknown and finding more does not need to be outsourced to prov or provided to us, but in fact, more times than not, we actually already possess what it is we need to thrive. So a great quote that I think really hits the mark for this is, you don't fear change, you fear the unknown. If you knew the future would be great, you'd welcome the chance to get there. Well, the future is great. So proceed. Let's move on to the power of knowing. Why self-knowledge sits at the starting point for finding self-worth is that analyzing who you are and why you do what you do is the movement that's needed to initiate change. When we do a self-inventory, I guess, of what makes up our current reality, it pieces things together that might not normally or might normally stand alone or be separate or distant from our mind that can help us make sense of our experiences. This is achieved by seeing what our current environment, social situation, physical responses, emotional, behavioral, what are the drivers, what are the motivators, all these factors and what they look like in our life. The power is knowing what is going on and what role, right, what role we play in it all. So you might have a grasp on uh, what is going on, right, and have a solid foundation of self-knowledge, or you may only have parts of that figured out. What you can hope to find is a more mindful attitude in what sense you make up of your current experience. By reviewing what values you hold, maybe the, the strengths that you possess and what resources already support you, you can actually enhance and advance your positioning in your life. So then the change process can begin by being able to distinguish the differences between what you believe and what others believe, um, being able to know when you're aligned or out of alignment with your, with your values, or being able to see when you're responding versus reacting, and being able to know what is the old shit and what is some of the new shit, those patterns, those patterns of behavior. The more that you read, the more things you will know. The more that you learn, the more places you'll go. Dr. Zeus should have been a therapist because he spits bars and knows exactly what he's talking about half the time because it just makes sense. So let's move on to understanding you right now. We're going to look at that because this section is going to create a snapshot of you, of your current situation, your thoughts, behaviours, patterns. When we start to broaden our understanding of what is going on right now, we can get a much much better idea of where we can go because we'll know what's getting in the way and how far we might have already actually come. So you might have found yourself here for a reason. So there's a part of you that is committed to creating change and further enhancing your self-worth, your awareness, or just the overall understanding of you. It doesn't matter where you are 
in your journey of exploration as we have a presenting experience that we're in right now. All of us do. We all have a concern or problem that we find challenging um, or difficult that we kind of present with. And I think that working in this way, working together in this in this space, and definitely kind of how we continue on from this, not only addresses and connects to what your presenting concern is, but actually starts to unpack like what's happened, what lies beneath all this stuff, what's under the surface of the identifying thing that's up the top. So for me, let's talk a little bit more about me, I guess, is like a cool case study that, you know, I know heaps about myself, so I'm happy to talk about it and, and see if this kind of relates in any way and resonates with you. But I spent a really long time searching for my worth outside of myself. I slowly realized that helping everybody else and myself would only lead me down a really dark and lonely path. So as I kind of said that already, what that kind of looked like is I would just do anything to to be needed. And I didn't really realize that at the time. I wasn't necessarily conscious, but I would really put all of my eggs in one basket. And most of the time that would be relationships. So I'd be trying to just make sure that um, I could love as, as best as I can because if they felt loved, then I felt loved. Rather than what they might have been giving me, I was way more determined in making sure that they knew that, that um, you know, they were loved by me. So we've got these like five love languages, right? And I, you know, identify with having codependency. So how I describe that is instead of giving you your jacket, giving you my jacket when you're cold, what I would do instead is light myself on fire and stand next to you, right? That's that's an extreme kind of metaphor, but essentially I would make sure that you're warm and the best way possible would be that have make sure you've got a fire. But I'd light myself on fire because I'd slowly be burning out doing whatever it took to make sure that you were all right, you were warm. So I wouldn't just do what your love language was. You know, it might be physical touch. I wouldn't just give you physical touch. I'd give you all of them. And you only need one to really feel that love, and that's what really makes you feel love. But I would do every one. I'm just going to give you the most of this. I'm going to give you affirmations, gifts, you know, um, all, all, the, all the five uh, love languages. I always forget one. But the, the thing is that I would just do every single one because that's what I really wanted to do is just make sure that I could love the best that I can because when I wasn't doing that, it would really, ah, yeah, cripple me and 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 really come back to like I'm not worthy. So then I'd start to really get a little bit more toxic, right, and real negative. And when when the plus side of love, 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 the downside of not getting that love, or or eventually kind of building resentment and, and depression and yeah, burning out, I would start to try and change and control everything around me you know my relationships each presenting concern that came up difficult conflicts when really i really need to kind of all of this start to look within why is my worth based on how much someone loves me how much someone uh, likes me um i needed to find me i needed to connect and heal on a much deeper level so that i could then thrive and feel love in relationship in a more healthy way I didn't really get conscious of that until, yeah, a few relationships. I do the same old shit and be like, ah, oh, yeah, it's probably about me, but nah, let's just keep going down this path. So exploring this became about looking at my past experiences rather than the relationships that I was in and realizing that there was a lot of emotional pain there and, and going inward, I guess, is something that I'd just been avoiding. So seeing how that emotional pain might have influenced my today was allow me to kind of go from there. You know, be able to sort of go, okay, this is what it's about. And then this is the current behavior that I'm in. So where do I go from here? And it wasn't until I really, really looked at that and saw what, what the consequences of my today, present moment were, and then going, okay, this is a problem. What do I do with this? So what I want to do is talk about one of my clients. And obviously I've identified the name, but we're going to call that Alice today. Um, and what I want to talk about Alice again is trying to look for these things that are maybe not you or maybe you do resonate with and just seeing what that kind of comes with so that you can understand like, you know, where, where Alice was at. So Alice kind of plonked herself on the couch and before we even started, she was done. She was like, I'm fucking over it. 
she was sick and tired of doing the same old shit and getting the same old results. So she kind of was always in and out of relationships, right? Finding herself feeling really, really connected and full of love at the start of her relationships. And then it would always end in heartache, conflict, or just like crippling anxiety. So at different points of the relationship, I guess doubt would creep in for her. And, and then these thoughts would start to build up that she is not good enough, that she is not lovable, and that she doesn't matter, whether that be because of what they were doing or not. Like that's what she would perceive. That's what she would interpret, that she wasn't enough, right? So that naturally, because it's so sad to think that about ourselves, right, is that it creates fear and shame internally that inevitably, inevitably is going to spill out. It's going to spill out sideways. And then, and then repeat its pattern in, a, in either one of two ways um, Alice would describe that she'd either be freaking out and wanting to run or frantically trying to move forward closer and closer and closer to, to her and to the, to the relationship. So the intensity of this creates this cycle. So not only in the relationship with her partner but within her mind as well. So there's this push and pull and in turn, like abruptly always ended the relationship, leaving Alice kind of back questioning her worth, trying to deal with the overwhelm of loneliness and then not having someone and then having the, like, what is wrong with me reality? So Alice started really connecting and, and, and identifying these in that current experience and what the thoughts, the behaviours, the emotions, the patterns were. And then we saw the light, right? So she started to take a stand for the first time in her life and, and realized that what she needed to do was put herself first, put a pause on the dating scene, and then take a huge step in the right direction that actually meant that she could start showing up, doing the work, and, and really kind of be able to you know, do what she needs to do for her rather than focusing all of her energy and time in others and, and how others perceive her. So essentially, by merely showing up and in the room with me to do that, that the work had already begun because there was willingness and there was motivation. Shift in the pattern, shift in the behaviour that was doing something about it. So we deepen this. We'll go into another another one of my clients, again, the identified. Her name, we'll call her Brie. So Brie was married for five years. Essentially, the perfect picture-perfect caregiver to her husband and her children. That was all on the outside. What was going on in the inside was this really twisted sense of self. She really always felt like she was a failure as a partner and as a parent. So trying to do everything she could to juggle the complexities of raising children whilst, I guess, tirelessly making attempts at pleasing her overworking, highly stressed, quite critical husband, with really little time for herself in between those two things. So there was this constant drive that she needed to help. She needed to support and she needed to care for others. Um, and, and that eventually is going to pay and did pay this hefty price every few months where she was left really burnt out, really resentful and unable to show up the way that she perceived wish that she was expected to so she dropped the ball and people would notice you know because they're used to this level of intensity but underneath all that right it'd be a lot of this crippling stuff so her husband essentially would then come down quite hard on her um, but nowhere near as hard as then she would come down on herself this leads to misery and despair and, and really radical attempts to try and fix all the problems around her so that she can kind of create more normality in her life, you know. But that normality was that to be a good caregiver, she must be able to do it all with a clean slate, no chinks in her armour. So she was really driven by her need to serve and please. So when the tank kind of gets really emptied, she didn't have capacity, so she'd really self-punish. And that was the repeated pattern. That was the behavior. She'd then self-punish herself, and that would be the thing that thrives. So Bree's reality of what was going on started to kick in because she, she showed up to help fix her relationships. She didn't show up to kind of do the work and understand that she needs to do her. But once we kind of identified some of these things and, you know, I repeated back what she was saying, 
she started to realize how powerless that she was, how powerless that she had started to become because she can't, she couldn't help it. She couldn't help but be this caregiver, this lover, this fighter, this, you know, really supportive mom and, and trying to be the best uh, wife that she can be, realized how much power she had let go of and that actually realizing these things was what allowed her to kind of have the door to open to take her power back and starting to create change so that's what she did obviously a long journey but man it's been cool to see how she's kind of got there by really starting to identify what was going on right now so i guess to decode these examples there are a few things that make up the reality it's their current situation they find themselves in. It's the automatic thinking, right, that arises, the actions or behaviors that play out, and the repetitiveness of those ongoing behaviors. So each example that I've just talked about, including myself, highlights the problem they think they want to correct. Generally, that's those relationships or the stresses that are occurring. But underneath it all, at times, is those subtle or more direct ways that we actually see or I saw myself and that message actually dictates and hijacks and tries to infiltrate my overall sense of self-worth along with Alice and Breeze. You know, there's this thing that keeps hijacking us, which is that shame that kind of cripples us into thinking we are not okay, we are not worthy, we're doing this wrong. That is what the underlying message would be. And when we can identify that, we're going to shift and change. But that doesn't mean we don't go through the pain of talking to ourselves that way, like that. So... Now it's your turn, right? So if you've got your pen, you've got your paper, I want you to have a think about some of these questions. Maybe identify the ones that kind of stand out to you, resonate with you, that you kind of connect to, or the ones that you're like, oh, these are uncomfortable. I don't want to move into that because this brings up, even just reading it brings up shit. Maybe that I invite you to kind of sit with that one, maybe answer that one. So again, we might not... Um, go through every single one um, right this moment, but you can pause uh, the recording and just, yeah, man. I think it is, is probably my hot tip. So what I guess I will kind of talk to is some of these questions, you know. Essentially, what situation you find yourself in really regularly? Why are you here? Like why are you actually here getting into the dark arts of the self-worth realm? Um, what is the default thinking around how you see yourself? Uh, what are the behaviors that show up when there is conflict in your mind? And what familiar patterns reoccur that run as a theme in your life? So I want you to really think to yourself, are you someone that's either single or in a relationship that gets really caught up by seeking love or worked up by the fear of rejection or conflict that closeness, intimacy and connection can kind of provide? Do you have a harsh critic in your head that defines your next move or someone that gets such tunnel vision we miss the signs that we're starting to crumble inside? Okay, I could go on and on and lots of these different questions, but only you know what is right and true for you right now. So whether you have little awareness or too much awareness, only you can start to pinpoint where you are in your journey. So definitely sit, reflect, answer some of these questions, answer the easy ones, answer the difficult ones. Just notice, no judgment, just sit there and sort of see what happens, see what flows. Obviously pause if you need to, or we'll move on into really kind of getting back down to the thoughts, behaviours and emotions. So there's always predicaments that we find ourselves in. Then And, and they're not always at the highest end of either like explosiveness or, or shutting down. We tend to ebb and flow, right? Although self-worth might be impacted, it may not always be front of house, right? As humans, we notice our behaviours and actions much sooner um, and, and in hindsight way, way, way sooner, way faster than we do our thoughts and our feelings. But they are all actually really interconnected. And you know, I might be preaching to the choir about this one. You know, I already know and have a good idea about this. But essentially, this diagram kind of talks about it is our thoughts actually create our emotions, which then create our behaviors. 
which then create more thoughts <laughs> that then brings on more emotions and so on and so on, et cetera, et cetera. So it can be a real vicious, I guess, triangle, but cycle, you know. Um, so what's really important to understand that it's it's so much easier to try and catch it at the starting point, at the base, and that is our thoughts. It's less less easy to do the emotion part and try and catch it at the emotions because our brain's kind of flipped and we aren't really in that functional, rational, logical place. So by the time the behavior comes, well, you know, hindsight's a bitch, right? So what I guess you are kind of looking for is, is when we kind of get into these little funks, when the presenting problem starts arising and repeating themselves again, can work as that warning sign that something's not right. So we're starting to bend or move out of alignment. You know, this is this tell. If we've got a base and then we shift from that base, we're feeling a little bit different. This is the most effective way to do this is there's, it's essentially it's an alert system, right? So that alert system is, is how it's trying to tell us what's meant to be going on. So what actions we then take or situations we then experience move us away from the internal the those those core parts of ourselves so how we support ourselves with this is by identifying and understanding that there is a trigger right and the trigger itself you might think is like the conflict you know the rejection the the stress at work the um being left up in the air or a deadline, that's not the trigger. The trigger is how we interpret that trigger or that event. You know, that's the, that's the thing. That's the event. That's the data. It won't create emotions if we don't have any thoughts about it. So the trigger is actually how we think about it. Now, it might be something like Nobody, nobody likes me when, I, when I've seen this thing happen in front of me where, you know, I, I was left out of the party or left out of the, the dinner. You know, we then start to think like, no, no one likes me. So this is kind of the, the base thought on the surface thought. We go from there and then whew, shift down and just think tiny bit underneath that. You might find that when I think I don't think anybody likes me, then i am probably also got this core belief that will mean that I'm not good enough. Now, if we add that to an already shitty situation, we've been left out, you know, there's a bit of rejection there. We then add, I'm not good enough. I'm not worthy. I don't belong to a already rejection. Like the rejection's hard enough. And then we start shaming ourselves. It's going to create the emotion. And then the emotion is going to create these dysfunctional behaviors or you know withdrawal or fight or flight behaviors that come out that we then go oh, i hate it when i do that or oh, i keep doing this stuff or we get really defensive or really kind of i don't know you know anxiety and kind of start to run away this is where that kind of cycle just keeps repeating itself so if we can try and start to catch this stuff at the thought we're not going to necessarily be triggered by that rejection as much because we're not being rejected by just that person that didn't invite us to dinner. Because if we think that we're not good enough because of that, it's probably got a lot more to do with every time we've been rejected. So the saying goes, if it's hysterical, so it's a really big feeling, then it's historical. If it's hysterical, it's historical. So we don't just see the person rejecting us. We see all the times we've been rejected, which is where all that I'm not good enough, I don't belong, I'm unlovable has stemmed from. It didn't stem from this moment of rejection. It stemmed from a long line of different times we've thought about that data or that event that, that we see people behind the person. You know, we might see when dad rejected me, when dad left, when when mum you know, always put me down. It's all of that is in this big, big feeling. And then naturally it's going to spill all over the place. So a good way we can kind of move into this, I think, is knowing what our values are because they're going to essentially tell us when we're, when we're in and out, when we're, we're not feeling good or we're feeling good, when, when that doesn't sit right with us, when, when we kind of 
because all most of those values won't have anything to do with with worth they'll just to do with how do i be a good person you know how do we just be so when we are more in tune with our values then we can essentially shed light and provide guidance into the choices we make in any situation if you're anything like me decision making has been really difficult to, to navigate and can leave me feeling really really lost um confused stagnant so coming back to my values some of like compassion um, caring and kindness, I'm able to actually back myself and allow them to steer me in the right direction. Like, does this sit right with me? Does this sit right with my values? And if it's not, because it's going to be abandoning me or sacrificing me, because actually it's not in the, you know, mindful value that I might own, then it's a good chance that it's not going to sit right for us. If we ignore that, you know, we, we, <laughs> we're going to get in that trouble. That cycle kind of starts happening again. So our values essentially make up a big part of who we are. So and I guess who you want to be and whether or not you're in alignment right, with this guide. It's, it's a guide. It's a guide to help us kind of be present and they can represent that for us. So an important thing to kind of note that I'll say is that values can and do change. Old values that may have been passed down like or relational values that don't serve us any longer may chop and change throughout our lifetime. And I guess as you'll kind of get a little bit more is that a lot of those things, again, were based around those external stuff, like you have to be good at sport and you have to be doing this, you have to be, have to be, you know, you know we are a family of blah, blah, blah. So it's sort of imprinted into us. But then we kind of start resenting that later or we still hold it in such high regard, still got to be the best. That's what our value system was growing up. But then that stops serving you. So it's kind of like these values were passed on to us that maybe don't serve us anymore. And that can have a really big impact on our lives. So really kind of rechecking in with that, looking at the past, looking at the present, seeing does it still serve us? It's important to be mindful of how we decide to measure our success or our achievement. How do we see that? So I'm going to give you a values exercise that's going to come alongside this, this masterclass and this um, first pillar of, of self-worth and finding your worth that really kind of breaks that down. You might have done a values exercise at work, and, and I guess most people kind of have had a look at that values idea. I want to do it a little bit differently. I want you to look at which ones don't resonate with you. So we've got a list of about 100. We're going to actually start culling the ones. It's going to get really hard because we're going to bring that down to six then three, then maybe even one. So you're going to start to really know which ones serve you and don't serve you. You might have a big, big list, but I'm going to get you to really reduce it so you know which ones are actually the most important. Some people are surprised when they do this because it's like, I didn't think I was going to have that as my number one, right? So it's a, it's a really cool exercise. And then there's some really reflective questions of like, how do I know when I'm living in this? And when do I know when I ignore my values and go and do that? dumb shit you know go and do that risk takey stuff where i go and do maladaptive behaviors when i keep going into that negative friend group or that toxic relationship or returning to our partners whatever this value exercise is really going to help tighten that up right so help us be accountable so big part of this you know kind of leading on from this is the pattern part of what's serving us and what's not serving us so as i've said a bunch of times and i will say it i know because repetition is key is when we do the same old shit we're going to get the same old results right so it's super vital that we reflect on what what we keep coming up against and how we respond or react when that reappears in the current day and age there's a large emphasis on costs right generally mostly in terms of time and money so how much, how, how to save it, how to get more of it? Cost, generally speaking, is the exchange of giving and receiving. So I want to use the concept of cost in terms of energy as the currency of costing, or the energy as the currency. When we look at energy, there's an exchange. What provides us with energy and what depletes us of energy? And what is the best use of our energy? So if we use energy like we use money or time, we can equate it to an amount. Let's say you had 60 minutes or $50. For every transaction in any activity, 
say, thoughts, emotions, or behaviors, it works as a deduction from that amount. Or, you know, it gives us back, right? So <clears throat> how we use that can mean that we can hinder ourselves further or set ourselves up for the future. There are definitely old patterns that actually deplete me that I have been really aware of so that I don't keep going back there and repeating the same uh, messaging and, and behavioral stuff. And, and, and most of that can just lead me to burnout because if I stay in depletion, I've got an empty cup and I've got no energy left. So when I talk about energy, I'm talking about the emotional energy, you know, the drain rather than physical energy, right? That's also really important, but this part is what I'm talking about in terms of that. So that's my depletions, right? But then there's strengths in my life that actually I have to implement, you know, non-negotiably that actually energize me. So connecting with my friends, you know, my, my, my soul people, my, my hype guys, or doing my practice of yoga and meditation. Naturally, there's like there's always going to be activities that we pursue that actually deplete our energy as well. So even if we even if we love them, so I'm talking about what I'm doing right now, right? My career, my 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 family, as we know, my relationships, the conflicts, the busyness, the stresses, or the time pressures, they actually come with maybe the enjoyment or energizing. So that's really important to kind of know because I love my job and I love I love supporting people and I love counseling people and I love running groups and I love doing this live stuff, I love podcasts. If it's work, it's work, it's depleting. So it's, it's a good thing to kind of look at both. So what I want you to do is notice how much balance between these two things that you have in your week. Do you get energized more than you're actually depleting yourself? Does your week consist of large-scale experiences that use up a lot of your energy and little time that actually builds it up? What did you do during these times, during that week? How can you do more or less of that in your week? How does this make sense with where you are mentally right now? We just wanted to simplify it. A lot of the time when we when we getting to do the work or we're just reflecting on how we're feeling we go all right it's probably because you know that person said that thing one time to me um or you know it's been really stressful and i'm a lot of pressure at work whatever it might be but when we're more reactive or when we're doing things that just don't quite feel like us um check back in you know how much things are you missing out on that are energizing you like did you go for that walk did you connect with that friend that you normally do and actually would have helped give you a little bit more you know fuel right that that meant that you wouldn't have been reactive so we don't have to complicate why are we feeling the way we're feeling just look at the stuff that's like i'm normally energizing myself but i haven't been so it means that the pleaders are, are winning the race so i want you to really kind of think about that over the week is how much stuff am i doing that's actually depleting me and what am I doing to refuel? What am I doing to fill that back up and energize me? So that is that is an invitation, right? You know, you can do it. You don't have to do it. But if we can explore more of that and start to see that there's a shift in that balance, if we do that in your favor, what you can gain is further consistency across all your weeks. So that's going to help with, again, this self-knowledge of what happens to me when I start to energize some of the things that are depleting. How can I create more balance in that? Now, intention setting. We're coming kind of close to the end, guys. So I really appreciate you know you, you're listening up until now, and I'm super excited. So please just hang in there because the intention setting is what it's all about. What do you want to see change? What is it that you want from this life? Right? Get into it. You know, get real kind of into these questions where. I've, I'm learning what I'm learning. I'm, I'm here for a reason. So what, what do I want? If something is stopping you, decide today that you're going to try and look at that and actually try and shift it. All it takes is this one, one little shift. The fact that you're here can be that shift. The fact that you might start putting energizers in can be that shift. We only want one action at a time. You know, if you want to write a book, that's the hard part. Maybe that's the difficult thing. If you want to make a million dollars, that's that's the difficult thing. Shift it back down. 
start with the blog. Maybe that's a little bit easier. You know, start with selling some lemonade, you know, get $2. Then it'll make your way up. Start with the easy stuff, that one action at a time. If you think you got to do all this shit, then it's going to be crazy. If you think you're going to have all your ducks in a row, ducks move. They're never going to be all in a row. It's a very hard thing to get. So how we choose to show up is actually a direct connection to how we choose to love ourselves. So if we kind of keep depleting ourselves, if we we doing the same thing that kind of makes us feel not so great or, or we stay stuck in the same thinking pattern or the can'ts and the won'ts, then that's it's a direct relation to how we how we see ourselves, how we how we love ourselves, and and that that can be down to how I am in relationships, why I'm staying, you know, what am I doing to shift it, how how do I spend my money, how do I um, you know rock up to work, do I stay back, do I not have good boundaries? All this is how if we look right back at the lens from within. It's really a good indicator of how much do I actually appreciate me and love me and respect me and give myself the time and energy that I need to be able to keep living the life that I want to live, right? If you can't get to the place where you show up as your genuine, authentic selves and let each other see who we really are, then we can start really that's all it takes. If when we can start to just be who we are, be who we want to be, be that true self, it has this awe-inspiring ripple effect. And that's what's going to change us. That's what's going to change our world. If we all start thinking that we are worthy to be here, imagine the imagine the things that we can achieve because less stuff's going to get in our way because most of the time we're the ones getting in our way. So, Prior to some like, thoughts and questions, where do we go from here, right? So you're probably sitting in one of two groups right now if you've made it this whole time. Again, really grateful that you have. Um, so you might have gotten a lot out of right now. You might have already got a lot out of the Instagram or being part of the connection crew, and, and you're ready. You know, you're ready to go out and get this shit and get it on your own, right, which is fantastic. The other part, the other group, that you might be sitting in is that you've got to this point and you are really wanting to continue and expand together and work further on this finding of worth, reconnecting, reclaiming, uncovering, then that's that group is maybe something that we can move into and you can cut continuing that with me. So we're either going to reflect and take what you can today or we're going to make this our year and we're going to come in and work together and connect together. So I want to talk about the next pillars. I want to talk about the next bit of the course, right? The course is six weeks. It's a self-paced, deep knowing that you are of value, you are lovable, and you deserve to live life. We've got a taster of this today, right? It's really like where it's going on right now and how am I going to initiate and how am I going to move forward. So essentially we will connect and share together to implement these pillars of the self that unlock your full potential and allow you to heal, grow, and thrive in your own worth and authentically start to show up for yourself and then others. So we've got eight pillars. The eight pillars that we've started with self-knowledge, that's where you've gotten to today, and that is something that I really want to be able to give out and hope and share with you all. From here we go into self-care, right, really getting non-negotiable and showing up for yourself self-awareness, understanding your core beliefs, that message, what is it? I'm unlovable, I'm not good enough. And where does that emotional pain come from? Really uncovering that with a bit of that trauma work. And we move into self-compassion because that's tough work. We need to start reconnecting back to our inner wounded child to reduce the shame and then repair and really get intimate with where we are within ourselves and that old, old thinking that needs compassion. Then we move into self-protection because we might have been protecting ourselves in really defensive sort of walled off kind of ways. So we want to shift that and move into setting boundaries and accepting that we have these imperfections and these other ways of showing up with ourselves, with others, but really starting to move forward and being able to set the new way that we want to be and inviting other people to let them know that this is how I want to be in relationship 
this is how you can relate to me. And I want to take back ownership and power in that, which moves us into this self-identity. Self-identity is really about shifting it from the role, the role that we may have played, the role that we've played this whole time, trying to please or, 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 or live up to or whatever it might be, is that role of what we think we need to do or what we think we've been taught, what we think we, we've kind of been guided into doing, we might have landed ourselves in. Switch that, move from role self into true self. And I love this stuff because it's authentic. Finding that authentic, true self, shifting that identity from how you see yourself into the way you want to see yourself, moving into that. Now that takes the next part, self-accountability or self-leadership. So leading your own way. You know, showing up and kind of keeping on coming back to what do I need to do to make sure that I don't come back there? How do I keep living in the way that feels good for me? How do I know when things are starting to pop up? Lastly is that self-love, really loving you, being present and celebrating when we're starting to make that progress, but also loving ourselves when we're really kind of in the dumps and we've regressed. That's when we really need to love is when we keep fucking up, right? If we can love ourselves just for being as we are, and this is all of this is going to create real true self-worth and that reconnection to ourselves because we've uncovered what we've needed to. So what you can see, what you might be able to see if you if you join me in this six weeks, it starts 27th of February, so we don't have much time and, and obviously it will run again, so... If you want to kind of get to the next one, email me if you want to kind of join this one and get on down. What I want to be able to help you transform is feeling more connected to yourself in ways you didn't know were possible, right? Rediscover a relationship with your younger self and a stronger connection to the authentic version of you. Be able to slow things down, right? Create space for yourself. Actually slow it down so that you can feel content and grounded on your own terms. Have the ability to protect Right, set boundaries, get your needs met, implement non-negotiable self-care. Move from this place where we've just been surviving, you know, the comfort zone stuff, into this thriving place where we can see a future when we actually put ourselves first and we can lead from love and from within. What will transform is being able to get that freedom from those past experiences and then a stronger ability to communicate and the ability to express ourselves and really feel and sit within our emotions. And lastly, and probably most importantly, is starting to have more control and power over the shame, over those negative messages, sabotaging, and critical thinkings. So just for you guys, you know, we don't have much time left on this early bird special, but there's probably $100 off if you can try and get in. Um, That'll be available. But the course at the moment sits at about $650. Now, the course is probably valued at about $3,000, um, and and I think that's because, you know, one session with me individually uh, as I'm full, you know, can be can be a price that, you know, some people is, is easy, some people that's a little bit more unaffordable. So I wanted this to make this really accessible and affordable. The best part about this course is we're getting three really intensive workshops where we're really kind of getting that group therapy element of life and really coming together and helping us heal and be seen and witnessed. So that's the the component that comes with it that really, really kind of the connecting together and being honouring, um, being seen, being heard that I think really makes up our self-worth as well. Um, being actually seen by others is, is such a powerful thing. But again, there's that self-paced There's going to be lots of resources and exercises that come with that. So each week you're able to do your own work and go a bit deeper into these um, resources and exercises. Now, that will be learn as you go, come back in. We'll come in at, I guess, week in between week one and two. We'll come in together, build us together. And again, at about three and four, come in and really unpack the trauma and do a bit of trauma work, inner child work, breath work. And then lastly is that checking out how do we lead from here? How do we step back into life and what do we need to be really careful of? So that and many, many more is is the is the main thing. So what you'll get um, is, is a link today to... Um, the course and you can read a little bit more about it on my on my page that kind of 
gives it this this is going to be for you this is not for you or maybe all the the, the frequently asked questions um that's all there all in this tight little package on my website and then um, a link to be able to to sign up and stuff the free um free version of that is is the first pillar so what you kind of got today with the exercises that's where you'll find your values exercise um and just in a little bit of an intro into what the group might look like um but i'd love to have you honestly it would be a real honor so if you've made it to now you know i really do want to honor and um kind of really appreciate what the what that means and that you know you you've taken this bold and brave action so i do want to honor that by just having that that sort of discount there and if it's not working just like let me know um i was going to put it on for 48 hours so i'm trying to kind of stick to that boundary but you know, please reach out so this is an opportunity essentially you know self-knowledge is is where it's at and you are in that group b where you want to continue on and further with me this doesn't have to be a punctuation it can be a continuation and a move forward into the elevating your own power and reconnecting deeply to you so i'd love to see as many of you there as possible um, obviously it's limited to make sure that it's really really intimate and, and you get the most out of it connection wise hit me up if you have any questions it's been a real honor to, to have you all here and um yeah please let me know how you thought this went i'd love to hear just one word that you thought that um you had as a takeaway and how you're feeling because um, yeah connection is what what's going to get us well and it's the power power of kind of coming together and being together with people that want to get well so have you enjoyed i will talk to you all soon do you want to find out more about how therapy can help you kick some goals go check out findreasontherapy.com.au or the find reason therapy instagram page